Next, I'd like to introduce. Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. Well, he's going to give a little special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. This brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? Youngest, I'm medium, old. On all three of them, actually. Now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> And welcome to the big show. Josh, Josh, what's happened? I had a day off yesterday. I was I in uh, testifying in California, ladies and gentlemen. I know. And and you're, you're pent up in a way that you must be released today. I, am, I must be released. Must. Robin's going on vacation, Larry. <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with the Daniel Baldwin Show, you can do that quite easily, actually. Text line is 288-0644. Phones are 4ESPN44 and Twitter at ESPN Syracuse. Welcome back after that announcement. I got to get right to it. I got to talk about Syracuse basketball and mm. this Kansas game because I wasn't here on Monday, and of course they played over the weekend. Kansas 76, Syracuse 60. The Orange fall to 6-1, and one, and Kansas advances to 7-0. and oh. It was a battle of 6-0 and oh teams. Now we knew Kansas being ranked number two in the nation, this was going to be an uphill climb being on the road, playing against a team that uh, – uh, it outmans us uh, to to a certain extent. Sure, uh, but there were some scenarios by which uh, I did feel that we could keep this game pretty close, uh, and we fail we we failed to do so. <laughs> we failed to do so pretty badly. Uh, Devontae Graham had a career high thirty five points, and he was seven for thirteen from three point land. Syracuse goes six for twenty seven from the three point line, and he dismal twenty two percent. So. If you remember correctly, I had said that if we don't shoot better than the 16.7% that we shot against Maryland uh, and, and we didn't guard against the three better, we were going to uh, we were going to get beat up. And we did get beat up. Uh, we shot a little bit better. We shot uh, five percentage points better from three-point land. But that's not going to be enough to get it done. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm concerned about the shooting on Syracuse's team right now. Are you concerned about the shooting or the fact that we were up against two guys that put up 55 points between them. I mean, Vic put up 20 on his own and Graham put up 35. Not every team is going to have those two guys on it. Well, here's the thing. So so if you're playing against you know the old Georgetown type of teams or, or, or teams that have a real dominance on the inside, remember, we out-rebounded these guys. Mm-hmm. We out-rebounded these guys 36-31. to 31, So we're, we're doing well with rebounding considering we're not a very big team. So it wasn't that we were getting destroyed on the inside. We got beat outside. So if you've got to pack it in on defense and, and bring players to help, you know, get it, when when guys get the ball in the paint, you can see why the three pointer is so open. But that's not the case. So why are we so delinquent in guarding against the three pointer? I mean, we're, we're we're a team that gives up a lot of free looks mm-hmm. from, from three point land, and and that's a big concern because that to me is just being lazy on your feet. 
You know, I mean, I get it if you got to cover Patrick Ewing inside, sure. You know, or whatever, but that's not the case. So um, they 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 didn't they didn't eat us up. We out rebounded them, which tells you that we we did better inside than they did. The rebounds is the name of the game when it comes to the paint because you're you know you're not going to shoot the ball and score every time you shoot it. Um, But we're just we're shooting so crappy. I think a lot of it too comes down to the fact that to Kansas's credit, they barely ever play against teams that that play the zone. Beheim mm-hmm. plays the zone, and uh, um, when he goes, to, they're they're used to that man on man play. So with the zone, it kind of allows them that room back a little bit, which is why guys always be like, "Why don't you play more man?" Maybe we should move the zone up by six feet. Just have them come come well, they, you know, come probably, on half court a little bit. Well, they're probably playing some kind of a box, you know, which is why you watch them against the zone, pass, 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 and they keep swinging the ball around until you get a guy. That gives somebody a free look because he's a step behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you when, when one guy is shooting, you know, and you know he's their ace. I mean, so again, it's not like this is a surprise that you know you're looking at this at, at this guy Devonte Graham, knowing he's their most prolific three point shooter. So certainly, when he touches the ball beyond the three point line, you should be on red alert. Mm-hmm. You know, you, that that's what's getting me here is that there there doesn't seem to be the ability to uh, against. Almost every team they've played right now, uh, we're getting we're getting rained on. I did call. like uh, how scrappy Dolage got during the game. There, he pulled he he went right to the floor on one of them. Dolage was he? Yeah, was he doing that again? He was really scrappy. Dolage, Dolage, Dolage. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. I like the. <laughs> I like his name already. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be quoting him a lot. No, he was the skis, the skinny kid who they put down uh, under the rim and. We were afraid he was going to get snapped in half by Kansas, and he fought. He was scrappy the whole time. Is this your uh, your Swedish player guy you like so much? Yeah, wherever he's from. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. from Dolage. Whatever, wherever you name somebody Dolage. Yeah, you love this guy. I love him. You do? I got a little, little bit bl- of a man crush on him, I do think. Do you have a man well, crush not, on him? Not in, a, not in a homoerotic way. I just wish I was <laughs> I wish I was that kind of player. <laughs> you know what I like about him is he, wear, uh, he wears ugly shoes. You know how everybody wears, like, normal like uh, like high, like high expensive well, he's basketball a shoes. Kid. He's, he he's wears got, European he's basketball gotta be shoes. From, he's got to be some Nordic. He's from Sweden. I'm gonna guess. Uh, where is he from? Let me I'm gonna say. Uh, let's go. go. Name name it. Name it. Name it. What's your bet? I'm gonna put him. I'm gonna say Sweden. No. no I'm somebody... gonna say Denmark. <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna switch to Denmark. <laughs> gonna you know say, what I love to about He's a Dane. Us? He's a great Dane. All right. He is. Uh, what? I, where what is he? What is he? his name? Merrick. Is from oh, come on, uh, Slovakia. He's Slovakian. He's Slovakian. God, he slid right under the Slovakian radar. One hundred eighty-one pounds, six foot nine, Slovakian. He's Slovakian. I didn't, I didn't even know you could leave Slovakia, and he got out. Yeah, he's from the good side. Oh, all right. But what <laughs> I like about him is that he wears he wears European basketball shoes. Like he wears a yeah. pair of shoes that he got in eighth grade, and that's the pair he wears. Well, don't they still wear like Converse yes. and canvas shoes over there? Yes. Yeah, they do. Pay attention yeah, to his footwear. Great, great dentistry over there too. By is the way. it? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I had very, no very, idea. That's very true. You watch. You check they, out. They have wooden teeth. <laughs> Dolage's footwear. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be impressed. You'll I like be it. Impressed. Can we get? Can we pull a photo up of that? His footwear. I gotta. Yeah, yeah I will find you an image because maybe I, he's gonna get a shoe deal. From like the nine, like the yeah, with Andy Warhol. Wear. Something, yeah. you know, we're gonna, from we're a gonna, pay less. He's getting a pay. He'll be the first he? kid with a pay less deal. He's gonna have high top vans. Exactly right. Yes. No, he was wearing like the like the <laughs> he was wearing the twenty nine ninety nine deals when I saw him play. Wow, you think that uh, Jimmy Bayheim would, would invest in some footwear in this kid? No, these are the kids. Imagine from, the dominance if he had some real footwear. When you come over from Slovakia, you take whatever shoes you can get. 
I mean, he's 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 excited to have shoes on his feet. To be honest with you, I want to see somebody go out there with like Nikembe Mutombo, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, or, or Minute Bull in like sandals. Yeah, exactly. The tribal sandals. So, what do you think about UConn tonight? As we we saw Kansas, and now we're back in the garden for you know, UConn tonight. Look, it's going to come down to the same exact thing that I said in in this game going into Kansas. It, it doesn't change because they have footage of you and they have scouting reports. So they're going to turn around in the locker room and practice all week long saying to each other, we can shoot the three against this team. They mm-hmm. don't defend the three well. So mm-hmm. they're going to look at tape and tendencies and they're going to say, here's how we move the ball around in order to get the best opportunity to have a wide open three. And they're going to try to exploit that. Now, Jalen Adams, the guard on Connecticut, um, he's going to be the challenge. Uh, he, he's uh, he's their best three-point shooter. Uh, and so I think if they can, tr- can try to collapse on him some, uh, get some help and not get him you know, a lot of free looks, uh, they're probably going to be a lot better off. And, 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 and also, but uh, you, know, you can't really say much about – I remember watching a press conference with uh, Bayheim and he said, we have to shoot the ball better. And he goes, and that will come. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that's going to come, but you know that has to happen. I mean, even if we slid up into the thirty percentile, you know, which is not shooting lights out by any means, but you know, at at seventeen and then twenty two, is this is this the the coming of this now? It's going to go up, you know, seven or eight more points this game. If it does, you know, you're talking about another two or three three pointers. That's that's six to nine points. That's going to be part of the difference in this game. This is going to be a ten point or less game. I'm sure they come in with two losses tonight. Connecticut six and two right now. They do. They've so won it, the last two. Right, For, former foes from the Big East. That was when when it was, you know. I I love the Big East. I miss mm-hmm. the Big East. I, I love games in the Garden, man. I I miss the Big East. The great one's down there, isn't he? Great one's down there. Yeah. yeah you know how in the beginning when he the honeymoon he was he was. I told you that me. would end. I told you. You, you, were, you were so right. <laughs> You called it. You're like you're like. Uh, I'm the Noster Joshio, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You're Doctor Ruth Westheimer. Thank you. I told you that's over. <laughs> Doctor Josh. <laughs> I am. Thank you're you, Doctor Josh. Thank you. You did. You predicted this. You said, "Yeah, just wait." Yeah. So he he got me to sign up. Yeah. He got me in here, and then he just turned around and he just disowned. Doesn't me. mean he doesn't appreciate you. Um, he's but like he just, Hugh Hefner. Is he? Yeah. He grooms in the new chick. <laughs> promises her the cover. Yeah. Promises her the cover. Promises her the layout. The spread. Do you not? Uh, you don't feel like the uh, playmate that you once were. Do you feel maybe? Yeah, you know, I thought I was playmate of the year. Did you? I did. I thought I was definitely. You might just I, be getting a monthly spread. I thought I was. Yeah, that's you right. might be it. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna get a photo shoot <laughs> in the garage. That might be it. I'm gonna get a photo shoot in the garage. You might get a couple nights in the grotto, and then you see I'm gonna what get happens. a Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna, gonna just, be weird. He's gonna lay on top of me in the middle of a party and say, "See ya." <laughs> that's all he's gonna do. That's all he's gonna do. You're going to have a weird encounter with Pauly Shore somewhere, and it's going to be uncomfortable for everybody. I've had weird encounters with <laughs> I'm sure you have. I have. He did, he did one of his greatest films ever with my brother Stephen. They, oh, yeah. Biodome. Biodome, oh, baby. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. Pauly Shore. There was talk of doing a sequel to that film, mm-hmm. and I said to Stephen, I'll never forget. So this was like, talk about career suicide. So, you know, when you're the Irish Catholic sons of a school teacher who made like $20,000 in his best year with yeah. six kids. And then you go to Hollywood and you start to actually make it. Keep in mind something statistically. One in 2,500 actors in Los Angeles County makes a living off their acting without having to subsidize their income with some other occupation. One in 2,500. That's pretty disparaging odds. Yeah. So when you look at the idea, I think that the 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 
strangest part about my family is, A, you break that rule, any actor that, that makes a living just on acting, mm -hmm. and the entertainment world breaks that rule. Number two, four boys from the same family, which makes it even an odder fact, but... The one that makes it really strange is that no one in my family was ever in the business before. So if you look at Charlie Sheen, his dad's Martin sure, Sheen. Sure, sure. You look at the Barrymores, you look at, you know, you name it. There was someone in their family that was in the business mm -hmm. before. But before Alec and I and my brothers got involved in the business, uh, there was no uncle, no cousin, nothing. You know, we just walked out there and said, okay, we're here to come. We're going to do it. You're the original Baldwins in Hollywood. We are the, we are the original Baldwins. And thank mm -hmm. God, you know, my daughter, uh, Kaylee. Uh, works as a producer now, but so far none of them have gotten the bug. My daughter Avis, my nine-year-old, mm -hmm. I just put in a film. I shot some scenes <gasps> with her in the fall, yeah. and she's got the bug. She, she absolutely, does. absolutely has the bug, no doubt about it. Do you it. know what I, uh, I, I don't mean to throw this at you on the air. I stumbled across something this past weekend. Ooh. Literally, I'm watching TV. I guess it. And what comes on? Celebrity wife swap, Daniel Baldwin, Jermaine Jackson. And you know what? It happened, and I watched it. So I did it with my ex, Isabella, who's the mother of my son, Atticus. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> I got to tell you, <laughs> poor Isabella. I was excited. It was one yeah. of the Jacksons. I knew yeah. Michael. I know Janet, you know. And, uh, and and I'd met Jermaine. I wasn't, you know, great friends with him. Isabella said it was a nightmare. Yeah, he comes off real Isabella bad Isabella said, I said, why would you do the show? They didn't pay us that much money. Yeah. You know, so why did you do the show if you weren't going to be a trooper and do the show, mm -hmm. you know, and she said there was this sequence when they wanted to take all his clothes out of his closet and he refused to let them do it. And, and then they said to him, Jermaine, it's a show. We're not really going to keep your clothes. We're going to move them and pretend that Isabella's getting her way. Because he had kind of a hoarding problem a in the episode. Yeah, Absolutely not. Yeah. He would not allow them to. He locked himself in the, in the, in the bedroom. Wouldn't let the producers back in the room. Yeah. And then he, uh, at one point, he got in his like Ferrari or souped up sports car and drove off and left them there shooting with nothing to shoot because Jermaine wasn't there. Now, on the other hand, I got his wife, uh, and, and she was lovely. Mm -hmm. She was absolutely lovely. And, you know, we staged up stuff as they do on these shows. You know, you have to clean up now and you have to yeah, do yeah, this yeah, now. Yeah. And I just took it all in stride and, you know, and I, I did what I did. You do. came off way better than Jermaine did. Like you that were making was, that, dinner. That, that wasn't hard. You were you were teaching your son how to shave in the episode. I was. I taught my son Atticus how to shave. You were you were you were a man in that episode. I was. I was manly. And there's no way Jermaine Jackson has that kind of money to be spending on Ferraris and stuff. He's, I mean, he's a Jackson, but he's he ain't Michael Jackson. Right. Right. He's he ain't like, Ferrari he's like, Jackson. He's like, like Stephen Ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. We come back. I got Lots you, to get to. Obviously, because uh, we we didn't do a show yesterday. We got to talk Giants and uh, all the other stuff happening in the NFL. If you want to get involved, you can do that right now. Text line is open, 288-0644. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Every Tuesday, Syracuse assistant coach Jerry McNamara takes us inside the orange on the Daniel Baldwin Show, brought to you by Drivers Village and Burdick BMW. On the pulse of the orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now, and we're back. Um, so, Eli Manning, to start for the New York Giants against the Cowboys, at home this Sunday. No surprise to you if you've been listening to the show, as I will prove to you right now. I think shame on the New York Giants and this guy McAdoo. And remember my prediction. This guy McAdoo is history. When they, when they finish this season, they are going to fire this head coach. He's gone. So, of course, I said it. 
And of course it happened. Mm-hmm. The great one has spoken. You even gave him a couple more games, but no, I did, he was out. I, did, I gave him longer than was needed. Yeah, um, uh, yeah he's gone. Uh, the outcry from the fans and, and you know other members of the NFL family, uh, you know, pretty much the consensus was, how do you blame this on Eli and how dare you bench him? You know, he's earned the right to finish the season. He's a two-time Super Bowl winner, two-time Super Bowl MVP, and the face of the New York Giants for uh, you know um, over a decade. So supposedly, now I don't think this is official yet. Supposedly, Spagnolo is is going to start Eli, but that has not, I don't think, been been said. But I, but it's uh, Eli himself drove down to the practice facility to meet the new interim head coach mm-hmm. and tell him of his desire to um, step uh, under center again and, and take over his team. So A report that came out oh about 25 minutes ago says Eli Manning will start Sunday. There you go. So there you go. There you go. So, um, you know, the general consensus from the fans and from the NFL family, I said it was that the benching of Eli was totally bogus. Manning... Uh, you know, he's been a, uh, a consummate professional. You know, he's made it very clear that he wants to start on Sunday. And so now here it is. It's predicted. The streak of 210 games as a starter is gone. That now lies in the hands uh, with 188 starts with Philip Rivers, uh, who also um, said that this decision was terrible, which mm-hmm. I thought was very classy of Philip to do, considering he is now the heir apparent of most consecutive starts by active NFL quarterbacks. Um I, I, you know, I think that if you were to look at without this controversy, and if Manning had started the last game against the Raiders and lost, um, I would have predicted that even at home, this is going to be a tough game for the Giants. But now they have a rally point. Mm-hmm. Those fans, when they announce that Eli walks out in those field, I guarantee you a earth-shattering standing ovation. I mean, they're it erupts. Go, they're going to go crazy, and that's the kind of thing that you need to fire you up. Going into a game like this, look out for the New York Giants on raw emotion. There will be a quatrain available for you soon. Do you think that McAdoo was just kind of the, uh, he was just the sacrificial lamb? Or do you think he put a lot of this in there? I think just the opposite. I think that um, they finally had an excuse that was so ridiculous to get rid of him. He was gone anyway. Mm -hmm. He was gone before he benched him. It's a terrible season for the Giants. It's a New York team. Uh, when you look at uh, you know the, the teams in New York, the Jets haven't won since '69. Uh, the Knicks haven't won since Willis Reed, Frazier, and uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe in '73. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the Yankees really are the staple to winning, and the Giants. Um, you know, the Mets have won a couple in there, but you know, the Giants have consistently, you know, every five years or so, been in and around a Super Bowl. You know, so. So they're, they're, they're no stranger to NFC Finals and, and playoff teams. This is a really bad year for the Giants. You know, they're 2-10. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this guy was history anyway. And, and, and he, he also just made some really crummy decisions. You know, the, the, the Giants, too, in defense of the organization, have had a lot of injuries. But one of the things that wasn't really discussed a lot that I saw <coughs> excuse me, um, in the news was how many passes have been dropped by giant receivers this year? I mean, they have dropped like four passes a game. I mean, I'm talking wide open, turned up field before the ball was in their hands, you know, or thought maybe they were going to get hit, you know, as they call it, hearing footsteps. Um, so, so yeah, Eli's had no help. Their receiving right. core has been decimated by injuries. 
you know, look look for a big effort from the Giants though this Sunday. Uh, an upset of the Cowboys would be um, apropos for his comeback after this one game benching. And now do you've got to take that you've got to take that stat now of the consecutive starts and go back to zero. He's going to play like fifteen more years now. I know. They should just pretend last week never happened. They should just say, ah, Well, you know psych. the thing, the thing uh, so Mara, the owner mm. of the Giants, said, and, and this was a classy thing for him to say, he said, you know, had I really looked at what they were doing, I would have said, start Eli and then take him out. Mm-hmm. You know, because, and Eli said, I'm not playing for the streak. Yeah. He goes, I'm not playing for that. He really, you know, I'm sure it has to somewhere bother him. Mm-hmm. That, you know, but I think more than anything, when you're the leader to uh, be benched like that, it takes that uh, that shine off for the rest of the team, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, so now he gets to go back in and he gets to play. Um, but, yeah, there, there, there was a, a, a terrible misjustice done to him with only a few games left. The season's gone. You know, you know and the thing that, and they're completely different in a lot of ways, but I keep thinking back to Beheim losing his wins. Like, you, you're not playing for the wins, you're not playing for the streaks, you're not playing for those silly mm-hmm. little numbers. But to have Bayheim over a thousand wins and then take it away, to use your phrasing, it takes the shine off it a little bit. It does. Mm-hmm. How many wins does, did they take away from? Him? He had hundred something. He's like back down to the nine hundreds now. So now he's number two. He was. It, it's him than Coach K. Okay, so or so, Coach K than him. Sorry. So so what was the? Uh, they they took a hundred wins away from his record. Just they took the, away those victories because of. Uh, they found issues. Long story short, it. There was a player who was getting help with a paper, and then NCAA looked into it. It's 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 a, it's a thorn in the side of Syracuse fans everywhere, because you can look at other programs who don't get anything; they get a slap on the wrist. But Bayheim had wins taken away, which puts him back under a thousand wins. I I recognize what his actual wins are, which I, I can bring the number up right now. But so are they going to? Uh, is this an appealable thing to do? No, it's, it's, it's over. Is, yeah, it's done. Yeah, he's nine hundred and something. That's nine it. Time, yeah. Last year we celebrated when he hit actually when he hit the real one thousand real Bayheim wins. Is right, what we were talking about here, but yeah, it's that's what we celebrate. So when you look at Eli, do you do you make the real Eli starts? Do you say these are the real? No, no, no. Last week was a bye week. Pretend they weren't even playing last week. Well, see now, now, and, and this is part of the thing that goes on when sanctions come out. One hundred one of the wins were taken away, by the way. Well, when san- well, it must have been the duration of this guy's play since the infraction. So. Um, but but with that said, you know these teams like a Syracuse or you know go down to like an Alabama football, you know some of the really big programs, they have very powerful alumni associations. Mm-hmm. So you know you're the guy that gets what's called an alumni father. Now this is a guy who probably played that sport. He's now a successful businessman or successful in whatever it is that he does, and he's in his fifties or sixties. And you get to go have a dinner with him and his insurance friends or whatever it is that he does for a living. And there's an envelope involved. Mm-hmm. Very, very common practice. I'm not saying it happens where or whatever. I'm just telling you that it's not. Back when I played football in college, it was a very common practice. So this guy hands you, and depending on who you are and what program it is and how much money you have, and there's a whole equation, but it can be several thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. It can be a few hundred dollars. It could be whatever, or you're, getting, you're given a car that's leased for you or whatever it is you're going to do. Now, these are all against the NCAA rules. But I defy anyone to tell me that the head football coach at that school sat down with someone from the alumni association and said, hey, don't worry, we got uh, you know LT covered, man. We got him a car. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. Mm-hmm. So they know, and they they want to be seen with these people, and they want to be part of the game, and they want to, you know. So that's why I, I've always said, and I'll say it again, and I said it on this show, 
and just pay them. Mm-hmm. What, 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 you know, I'm not saying pay them millions of dollars, but if you're a university that is benefiting, I kept bringing up the Notre Dame scenario who was on television eight times two years ago, and then eight times it was some $49 million or something. Yeah. Nonsense. So what does it cost to run the Notre Dame football program? You know, it, you, you give them their education because they get a full scholarship academically, and then you turn around and you, you I don't know, is it is it $5 million to run the whole football season? Is it is it eight? Is it 10? It's a sliding I scale, I, I think, know. if you were to pay them, I, yeah. Of course, but but there, there should be a financial equation because the university is benefiting way past with the television packages that they're signing and the attendance and then the beer that's sold and the soda and the popcorn, and all going to the college. Mm-hmm. So how is it fair that you have a kid out there that when you, t- the, you know, the NFL is not for long. So you get a kid, the number of kids that go and actually play professional basketball is is better example than football because there's only, for one real reason, there's only 12 guys on a basketball team. So how many guys in all these programs are actually going to end up playing in the NBA and make a living? And they're giving some of their best years, their young years, at 18, 19, 20, 21, or 22 to their college program. And that school is making millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars over 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 the decades. And and the kid gets nothing. Then he turns around and he doesn't advance and go to the NBA. Or he goes to the NBA and he doesn't last very long or he gets injured or whatever happens. And the same for football or any other sport. And so where, where was that kid's potential income? I think there's an intrinsic value that should be associated with that. And I think that if you just face the facts, you take out all this illegality and you could regulate it the, the NCAA could govern it, and then you would find out that, you know, somebody helping somebody with the paper. You really think Jim Beheim got on the phone and said, hey, uh, bring in Agnes, the math uh, no. tutor. No, and he's no. openly said he knew nothing about it. Of course he, he knew nothing. nothing to do with he it. knew nothing about it. He didn't, you know, and, and so there's people that are overzealous that want to make sure that they're academically eligible, and they do things beyond what they should do. But how is the coach and his wins going to be the sacrificial lamb for this? And, and you know, I, I just I find it hard to... Believe that that's the the right way to to do it, and to take away 101 wins from a guy who is uh, you know a, a, a real cornerstone to Syracuse University is a terrible thing. I said we start a rally. Well, we we recognize right now that he has 1,010 wins because on record he has 909. So if you add the 101, it brings it to 1,010. I recognize 1,010. We had a big celebration. Uh, the great one put a big uh, celebration on for him. Sort of petition for real one th- the real Beheim wins list. Sort of program. Let's, let's go. Sit in. Let's go. <laughs> Wow, I haven't heard of a we'll sit-in in a while. Let's do I'll that. A sit-in in the I middle like, of the court. I like that. Let's right crash the, the quad court. right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Against Duke. Somebody big where ESPN's oh, there. I like it. I'll lead it. And what do they do? Just, they have I'll to drag it. us off the court? Great right? one fires me. Mm, well, listen. Well, yo, we're in Syracuse, so how many how many paddy wagons do they have here? Not you know, enough not for do, all of our sit-ins. We're not doing this at the garden. No. <laughs> so they'll bring in 3,000. We'll do it up here. Mm-hmm. We sit in. Maybe we say, hey, a, we're not leaving until you give him back his wins. Maybe we could cross-reference something that's of interest to Larry. Like, you know, we'll do a gay pride thing at the same time. <laughs> hey, now! Wow! Larry wow. catching some barbs. <laughs> Get involved. Will you take part in Daniel Baldwin and I sit in? Let me know. Text line's open. 288-0644. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Did you miss In the Booth with Matt Park? Watermelon is completely oh, overrated. I love watermelon. Overrated. Huge watermelon fan. Watermelon is one of those things where the artificial version of it tastes way better. I don't eat watermelon and go, oh, this tastes like the watermelon s- bubblegum. This, this is outrageous. Are you saying that watermelon Jolly Rancher tastes better than regular watermelon? Yes, 100%. <laughs> In the Booth, two to three weekdays. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. 
Follow us on Twitter, ESPN Syracuse, ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now! Okay, so I was going to go right into the Gronkowski controversy right now, but something came up during the break. I think we need to talk about it. Well, you're a director. You see these things that a lot listen, of people don't see. Listen, I, I am not... Uh, I finally found my niche. I mean, I thought I was an actor. Mm. And then uh, I started directing films and, and put out a film that I won Best Director several times. So see, then you know what you're talking about. I do know, I do know that from... Uh, an audience standpoint that if you leave something only said and not seen, it's not as clear as a photograph speaks for a thousand words. So, and that's a, that's a an old cliche, but it's very accurate. So, the debate that was going on is that our our podcast camera is not picking up. Facebook Live, uh, we're video feeding right there. You can see Larry's right. hand waving in front, and and the camera has been. I've tried it in two different positions. One was kind of over, getting all three of us. And then it's over in that where it is now facing directly Listen, at Daniel. Man, we could put that thing on a fishing pole or something. It would be right. You, know, you, you could get above the monitor. So Let's that's do it. silly. Let's and do the it. higher the camera angle, the more flattering for fatties like mm, yourself. And how <laughs> dare you? So, so you I know that when I'm doing a close up <laughs> of a movie and the director surgery around and starts dropping the camera, I go, buddy, yeah. pick that up. Yeah, I'll tell him straight up pick the camera. You're going to need to put a camera on the Goodyear blimp to get right. a good angle I'm of me there, Daniel. I'm supposed to be sleeping with this one right here, <laughs> who's this totally hot 20 year old, you know, and you, you get the camera up. On the fat old man, make it nice. Mm-hmm. So, so Larry does not want to be on camera. He's much more comfortable doing radio, staying on there, and handling his business. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that this is good for the show. I think that everything that it's your I show. Do, I think that you make everything the I do is geared. Even if I have to take it on the chin, is geared towards making the best product for our listeners. Mm-hmm. And the best visuals for our listeners. Sure. Now, I want to know, really, take the time now and, and help me with this, because I don't ask very much of my audience very, very often. I want some text messages now. Should Larry be on camera? Should we move the camera to include Larry on the camera? Now, now what I, what I was saying in the break was... He has great expressions, Joe does, you know, so, um, and, 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 and when he's in character, and he is, he is, there's been tutelage to develop this character. That's a, that's a, that's a character, Daniel? I don't know. That's a character. That's a character. That's a character. I don't know. I don't know if that is a massive amount of work and Mm -hmm. thought went behind this character. It is the most method acting acting I've ever seen because it's been thirty four years of this character. It's Stanislavski at his best. Wow, for sure. So, so now you know he has he 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 immerses himself into Larryness and Larrydom and comes in here and becomes Larry. He really is Larry. So, with that said, I believe that you as an audience are being ripped off. When I make a comment, and he just does, and the, you know, and 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 these these are brilliant choices. These are De Niro esque, Brando, are, you're, you know, names. You're the names are being, uh, he is. Of, He's, of Marty He's Marty Scorsese. He's Marty Scorsese. Yes. And, and so, Larry. and so, I think yes, Larry. I, I would like to say I am genuinely this unenthusiastic mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. This is not an. Act. This is not a character. This no. is me. No, which is why we're fascinated with you. It's because Daniel and I are two people who are very much... The most much... animated I saw him was on the break when my wife was in here while he oh, professed my... how large he was to God. my wife. Good God. That, 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 was... That, was, that was strong. I mean, I needed strong... to turn the hose on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I'll use basketball terminology. That was a strong move to the hole. That was a strong move to the hole. <laughs> I will tell you this, though, Daniel. We did receive one note, and I will, keep the, I will keep the note giver anonymous. And it was not the mole who said this. He okay. said, 
He said, when you had the camera facing all three of you, it looked like I was watching Daniel Baldwin, Josh, and a pile of laundry. And I go, <laughs> What a terrible comment to make. What a terrible comment to make. I get it, though. <laughs> Get it? I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just well, a pile of clothes yeah. that no one's moved from. Yeah. The- <laughs> I'm fine uh, you know with that. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that my choice on this is to have him on camera. I'll like done. you to consider it, please. It'll be done. I'll move we the camera for tomorrow's show. I'll consider it for the right price. No, oh, Larry, you're making seven fifty an hour, and you'll be happy with it. How dare <laughs> That's you? That's right. He makes seven fifty an hour. Yeah, maybe That's more seven. Than I, make. I know, I know. Maybe, maybe bringing Jeez. in seven dollars an hour. So let's go. Let's go. We we, we got to get into Gronkowski. Mm. So you know, it was a clear cut example, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, Larry. So don't overreact with the red button. Was this roid rage? <laughs> was this roid rage on Gronkowski's part? It was some kind of rage, What man. was that? The guy's lying there defenseless, his face down. Yeah. And Gronkowski at 275 pounds, forearm shivers with his full weight to the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Gave I the mean, guy a concussion. I mean, it was, it was I, I want a urine test, a blood test, and a hair follicle test. I think that he is doing something that is not, as we say, on the menu. Has he, oh, wow. Has he been suspended or no? Is there he, nothing? It, there, it has come out that it is a one-game suspension. So no. now, now the big controversy, and I have to say I'm buying into this, is that when asked about it, Belichick, the head coach of the New England Patriots, has said, well, let's see what happens. Let's see what the league decides because Gronkowski has appealed this suspension. Now, the classy thing for Belichick, and he had the power to do this, would to have pulled Gronkowski aside and said, man, don't don't appeal this. You should sit out a game. Yeah, you did it. It was bad. It was really flagrant. You hurt the guy. You know, and and Belichick had that power. Why he didn't do it? Now he's under the gun and under the microscope. Mm-hmm. Belichick is for not have, have have quietly saying to Gronkowski, you know what, you should not appeal this. Now, it would it would have been the move to make. I recognize that Gronkowski is dumb as a bag of doorknobs, but how <laughs> did he not? He knows there's cameras everywhere, right? But, we all saw it happen. Well, well, so so I dug deeper into why Gronkowski would do this. Uh, in addition to the $250,000 per game paycheck, his contract is almost exclusively uh, driven by incentives. So he now stems to uh, um, lose potentially millions of dollars. So he has, you know, X amount of catches gives him another bump. So he's oh. reached he's reached his $1 million plateau. So he's already uh, exceeded what he needs to get the first $1 million check. The next check's like $3 million. Oh, see. And without this game, it would be really, really, really far-fetched to think. But if he was to, you know, be prolific in the next three games, he might, he might indeed reach these, these benchmarks that would propel him into another three, which is, you know... A decent amount of money, three million more dollars. So he he loses the two fifty, but more important and why he's probably appealing is because he realizes that without four catches and eighty yards, whatever it's going to be in this one off game, he will not reach those plateaus. So I, I I started thinking to myself, well, if they uphold the suspension, and you're Brady. Do you throw like 10 times more to Gronkowski in the yeah. last games you might as well. to help him get his thing? You gotta, make, you gotta make your cut. I mean, he's your boy, right? Yeah. He's your boy. We used to do this back in the Sears shoe department. If you were like, we're this close to getting your commission bonus, you start throwing some work boots at your buddy. You're like, no, 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 you get the work boots. No, 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 you, you sell the sneakers. I'm good. I got my commission this week. Oh, You're I good. like that. So maybe he's You're throwing You're a company them. man over there. Listen, I'm always a company man. I like it. I make the moves, but I'll, I'll, I'll help out my friends.
If, if Gronk needs to get a few extra passes, if Gronk needs to sell a couple extra pairs of New Balances to get that commission check, you know I got him. So what, what's your feeling then on Belichick not stepping in? He did say something. Didn't he say like it was BS? Like in his press conference right after, he did say no, something. No, he said to uh, McDermott. Yeah, he said it. He, he said to him, hey, that was a BS hit. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. But, no, but, but, but the fact that he didn't go, he has that kind of coach... Had, this is not McAdoo going to Eli saying, you know, you should you should step down. You know, this is this is Belichick. Yeah, he could have gone to Gronkowski and he could have said, and I really think he should have. I, I'm buying that story. I think he should have gone to him and said, "Do not appeal this. It's ridiculous." It looks bad for you. And it, it looks did, bad. For it, it really looks bad. And, you know, and you could also go to a guy like Brady and go, "Hey, chuck a couple up to Gronk's way. He needs to grab a couple extra yards." <laughs> he's got. You know he's I mean? three catches away or from his commission. Owner, or if you're the owner, if you're Kraft, mm-hmm. you could say, "Don't worry about the incentives. We know you would have got it." And he's got the money. You know? Yeah. Well, listen, if you don't make it, we'll help you anywhere. So just something that you don't send that message. I'm going to tell you something, believe it or not, besides a New England fan who's going to stick by Gronk, he's been there for them, he's he's a big part of that team. But if you're outside of New England and just a football observer and a fan of the game, you will forever, for that hit, remember Gronkowski and not think of him the same. Oh, sure. I will, I will never think of him the same. It was such a blatantly cheap hit on a little guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, it was really it was really cheap. Yeah. Really cheap shot. So I, I will never look at him the same as a result of that. It will forever change my opinion of him. Of course, you no can doubt. get your text in, have your voice heard with Daniel right here. Daniel Baldwin Show. We got a phone call? We got a, All right, I'll take a quick phone call right here. Let's do it. Talk to me, Goose. Hey, it's Cam. Um, so, uh, what Josh was saying about throwing a couple extra passes to Gronk? Yeah. Yeah, Brady ain't going to do that because that'll break him. Have we seen what uh, happens to Gronk every single season? He gets hurt. Which, also, by the way, the fact that he would do that to begin with was kind of ridiculous. And Gronk had suspended a game for this. Did we pay attention to Juju Smith-Schuster getting uh, suspended for a game? And I'm a Ravens fan, so to be fully honest, I was fine watching Juju take out the thug Bontez Perfect, but that's just me. So have a great day, guys. <laughs> Thank care, you, Cam. We appreciate that. We will come back. Your voices can be heard right here on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show brought to you by Liverpool Pool and Spa. Home of the Syracuse Crunch. Mitchell Stevens across. Here's a shot. Score! Kevin Lynch ties the game. Atkinson left side, shoots, he scores! Picked off by another, Pekka takes it, for Lynch who shoots, he scores! Kevin Lynch with 103 to go in the third period, gives the Crunch its first lead, it's 3-2. ESPN 97.7, and 1240 AM. The Orange women's homestand continues tomorrow against Colgate. Orange pregame 645, tip time 7. On the pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Hey now, we got a caller on the line, no? We got John who wants to talk college football. John, you're on the David Baldwin Show. Hey guys, hey Daniel, I heard earlier you had mentioned about uh, you know college football programs and making money and so on, how much money they make, et cetera. I, mm-hmm. I think you're just thinking anecdotally. It, it, there's a, I'm not going to cite any because anybody can go online, use your favorite search engine and take a look, but there's only about 20 college football programs in the country that make money, and you know, not surprisingly, they're all Division One, Division Two, and Three. Nobody makes any money in football. And there are actually only eight athletic departments in the whole country 
according to the latest numbers that are out, only eight athletic departments in the entire country that actually turn a profit. Because in most of the places, the out of the 20 for the football where they actually make money with just the football, that money gets reinvested into all the other sports because of Title IX. They have to have the same number of men's sports as women's sports. So that money gets, you know, divvied up into, I'm making it up now, but, you know, synchronized swimming and the field hockey team. By the time you factor that and that eats away at what meager profits there might have been from the football team. Right. So there's actually only eight self-sustaining athletic yep. departments in the entire country. So there isn't now, I'm not saying there isn't room to cut stuff out and, and make money available to the players, and maybe they could drop, to, you know, and, and, I mean, tuition's already hiked ridiculously at these places, but the idea that all these schools are making tons of money off of football, they're not. They're generating a lot of revenue, but when you take they're, they're not making money off well, of, then the, off then of football. Well, t- then, then, then I guess what you're saying is, and, and this is the part that maybe you and I differ in, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I'll tell you why. Because this is no different than when the Navy says that they spend $400 on a wrench because that they have to turn around and cover their ass and, 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 and their expenditures for their budget every year. I don't believe that it costs... You know, some of these schools are, are collecting double-digit millions, $10, 15000000 million a year in TV revenue. And I don't believe a football team costs that much money to do. So they may try to make it look like it costs that much money to do, but I don't believe it. And I think that it would be a sliding scale. Like the kids on the D1 teams are going to make more than the kids who sure, are synchronized sure. swimming at Lemoyne. You know, it's yeah. going to be different all over the place. Yeah, but you're right. The, the, the Title IX stuff does eat a lot of it up. And that's another way they get to hide that they didn't make any money because they're responsible for paying for it. We have but done thanks it. for your call, man. Daniel, thank you for spending time with us here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Thank you, Liverpool Pool and Spa. And of Liverpool course, Pool and Spa, baby. Come the on. The biggest, the best. The wettest. It's available right now. What? That, Larry? Okay. Uh, <laughs> keep us in your dial and, of course, so, on social media. Here's the nanny that, that Robin said no to. Robin said no to this nanny. Wow. Robin said no to this nanny. She is a smoke show. I can see the danger. Larry, put your <laughs> pants on. That has been it for us. Brent Axe is up next. Larry's my new babysitter. <laughs> He's coming. <laughs> no, watch the kids. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse.